If you would, let's all stand. We'll go to prayer. we got much to be thankful for and much to ask God for His blessings on. So we want to pray for the ones that are sick, not able to be here. Continue to pray for Pat, if you would. And let's ask God to have His way in this service here today. We need a brand new touch. Let's love Him, church. God, we love you this morning and thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be in your house. God, to call on your name, to worship you, to praise you. Anoint the man of God that brings the word, Lord. Standing on your promises, God. You the King of kings. You the God of glory. You the great I am, Savior. And we come to worship and praise you. Ask you to have your way in this service here today. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Thank you, God. You see every need, Lord. You're more than able. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Who's the early man? You going to be at all? Okay, come on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see everyone that's in church today. So thankful for the goodness, the presence of the Lord, and uh, thankful for the presence of the Lord that we could feel in prayer today. And uh, it's good to be back in the house of God. I don't know what people do without church, and I don't ever want to have to find out what people do without church. I've been going a few days, and it's always good to go, but it's really good to come back. And uh, so I'm glad to be here with all God's wonderful people. Good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord today. Come expecting and believing God to do something great in the house of God today. So uh, I want to uh, go to the Word of the Lord this morning and uh, talk about some things that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for this lesson this morning. And uh, Maybe, you know, after it's been a while since I preached, I normally can go quite a while, so I'm going to break it up in two parts today, and uh, maybe we won't be here all day. But Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 14, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture to all of us today, and uh, Jesus is telling the people there that he is teaching that ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hid. He is instructing them that you, as followers of Christ, that you are a light to a lost and a dying and a sin-sick world. In this world that we live in today, you don't have to look very far to find chaos. You don't have to look very far to find hopelessness. You don't have to look very far to find all kinds of trouble. 
trouble in homes, trouble in families, trouble on the job, worrying about what's going to happen on the job, worrying about all of these things, and then civil unrest that is going on today. And so the Lord is reminding them that you, everybody say me, we are the light of the world. And I've noticed this about lights. How many's ever been in a in a very very dark place, dark woods, dark house, um, on the side of the road in the dark? And uh, I've I've had lights, and I've noticed that in checking lights and and preparing for uh, outages, such as I guess we've all prepared for them quite a few times this year. But uh, power outages uh, back uh, the when Laura was coming through, we went and got all new batteries for lights and and uh, got everything prepared for the outage that was going to come. And uh, turning on the lights in a well lit building, the light was not very bright. And uh, so you wonder, well, is the batteries good? And you change the batteries, and the light is about the same brightness. But when it gets dark, the light seems to be brighter. And so I think what the Lord would tell us today is not to fear for the time that we are living in, but to understand that there's never been a better time for the children of God to shine brighter than we ever have before. Instead of going into a cave or are going into a secluded area and backing up and say, okay, well, we're just going to lay low for a while and we're going to be quiet for a while and we're not going to do too much for a while. That's what the devil wants us to do. But if there's ever been a time where the world needs to know God and they need the church and they need the help that the church can give, and the inspiration that the church can give, we are truly living in that day. So when we are, there is no way that, that and, and I guess there is some that are trying to do this, they're trying to disguise uh, Christianity, and uh, I think when they try to disguise Christianity, they are headed in the wrong direction as Christians, but... Because First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9 tells us, But ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Everybody say, I am a royal priesthood. I am an holy nation. I am a peculiar people that I, says ye, but I, should show forth the praises of him who had sent me, who had called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we should not try to disguise the gospel of Christ. You never win the world by being the world. The only way that you can win the world is offer them an alternative to their problems, an alternative to their lifestyle, an alternative to what they are. If they are happy in what they are, you cannot change them. So it's time that the church would be the church. Don't try to disguise the church 
to fit in with the rest of the world. Amen. When people show up here, they should know without a doubt that they are in an apostolic, Jesus name, tongue talking, Holy Ghost filled church. That is something, that is something that we are not to be ashamed of. That is something that God has never intended for us to disguise. That is nothing, that is something that God has never intended us to hide. And people say, oh, well, you got to get people in before and and win them over to and influence them before you can give them the truth. I think that when somebody comes here, every time they come here, they should hear, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord." They should hear Acts two thirty eight, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Because with all the self-help things that we can do, we have never helped them until we give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. The death, burial, and the resurrection. That's what it's all about today, church. That's what God is giving us. That's what God wants us to promote. That's what God wants us to push. That's what God wants us as Christians to be. Without that, we're just like everybody else. Without that, uh, we are just like the rest of the world. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 8 tells us, For we are, for ye were sometimes darkness. In other words, that there was a time in our lives that we were not the light of the world, but we were sometimes darkness. That when people seen us, they seen the norm. They seen uh, the same thing as everybody else. They experience the same thing. But now ye light in the Lord. But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So in everywhere that we go and everything that we should, we're doing, we should be conducting ourselves as children of the light. That's what God wants us to be on the job. He wants to be a child of the light. In the restaurant, He wants you to be a child of the light. At church, He wants you to be a child of the light. No matter where you go, God expects and demands us to be a light unto a lost and a dying and a sin-sick world. That we can show them the light. You cannot show them the light if you are in darkness yourself. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number five. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So we as being children of the light we must present ourselves as children of the light, but to present ourselves as children of the light, we cannot take part in the same things the children of the darkness take part of. Now, uh, it, is, it is common knowledge that we are what we eat. And so sometimes our health is a, is a, um, is a reflection I know there's sicknesses. I know there's things that just happen. There's nothing you can do about it. 
there's bad genetics and there's nothing that you can do about that. But you do whatever you can to uh, prevent things from happening. There's things that are a danger to us. There's things that are a danger to us that, that we eat. Most of those things that are a danger to us, we all like. It's quite evident this morning. But so, so when we, when we do these things, it turns us in to what we do not want to be. There's some things that, that we like that are, that are a detriment to us. And so, so there is no way when we turn this and look at it as a, from a spiritual aspect, there's no thing, no way that we can take part in the things of the world and expect to be a child of the light that God wants us to be. To be spiritual, you have to be spiritually minded. You have to think on the things of God. You have to, you have to read the Word of God. You must pray and seek the face of God. You can't go all week without prayer and come to church and expect to be spiritual. It doesn't work that way. There's no way that we can go all week and ex- without prayer and without church and expect to be a, a powerful force in the spiritual realm of things. You cannot do that. It is not possible. So what God wants us to do is build up our holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, that we can be the light unto a lost and a dying world. This world needs hope that only the church is able to provide. Now, I believe in humanitarian, uh, uh, humanitarian uh, works. I believe that we should help people. I believe that we should try to uh, provide food for people. I believe that we should try to provide help for people when they're in trouble. I buy gas for people. I pay light bills for people. I've probably bought drugs for people. <laughs> I try not to give them cash for that purpose, but not intending to, but I'm sure that, that I have. But, but so we do all of these things and we, we, uh, we try to bring kids to church and we try to feed them, provide them with a good meal. That is part of the work of the church, but that is not the main focus of the church. The church was never intended to be a soup kitchen. You can go and help and, and God bless you for that. You can go and serve, uh, during the holidays and I'm not against that. God bless you for that. But I want to tell you, that's not what the world needs. That will not supply nor fix the world's problems. But you are sitting right here in a place. You are, if I could say it like this, you are sitting and holding on to what can fix the world's problems. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our, our command, our responsibility as the church is not just to come here in our Sunday best and sit here and wait for the music to start where we can lift our hands and praise our God, which is all good. That's not the whole purpose of the church. But the purpose of the church is to be a fireball of a light in a lost and a dying world. 
that everywhere we go, people can feel something, people can feel, they can see something, they can experience something that is different than the rest of the world. And we have the opportunity to tell them about what can change their life. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. So He has called us to be the light of the world. Ye are the light. I am a light. You are a light. We are all the light of the world. Now, now we cannot, we cannot be the light of the world and a city that is set on a hill and hide it under a bushel that no man can see. The Bible tells us about a man that was given the talents that done just that. That he took the talent that that the master had given him, and knowing what the master required, knowing that the master was a hard master, that he was expecting to reap benefits from what he had given. He took that, and out of fear of losing it, he hid it in the earth. And when the, when the man came back, the master came back, he asked for his talent, And he said, what did you do with what I have given you? Two of them worked well. Two of them accomplished. Everybody, just because you don't have what somebody else has does not mean that you are not a light to the world. We use that for a cop-out. Because I'm not as talented. I don't have as much ability. I can't talk. I can't sing. I can't play. I can't do this. But everyone... Man, can you imagine if everybody in here played an instrument? Dear God, I would have chaos. But but see, everyone can't sing and everyone can't play an instrument. But everyone has been called to be a light unto a lost and a dying world. Well, I'm not a bright light like so-and-so is. I don't have the ability and talent. It doesn't matter how bright your light is. What matters are, do you have your light up where someone can see the way in a dark world? You don't shine the light in their eye to blind them. You don't beat them over the head with the gospel of Christ. But if you're following somebody with the light, that person has to be shining it on the ground or in the area that you are walking to light up that area where those following you can see the light, the direction to go. I want to tell you today, all of us have the ability to do something for Jesus Christ. It is a command from Jesus Christ that we all use the abilities that we have to work for the Lord. When you get to heaven, when you get to heaven... Do you want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or do you want to hear him say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Depart from me, you wicked and you slowful servant. Because you did not use what God has given you. Amen. We have got to tell people that there is hope. The hope is not coming Tuesday. The hope is in Jesus Christ. No matter what happens Tuesday or the months to come, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's have a great time in the Lord today.
Charles, get ready to sing if you would. Hallelujah. We're going to continue to have good church. Glory.
today. Oh, what a day that will be. Hallelujah, what a day that will be. When my Jesus I will see. Amen. When we're able to look upon His face. Hallelujah. Let's give Him praise today. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thankful for the presence of the Lord today. Amen. What the Lord is doing in this house. Lord bless you. You can return to your seats if you would like to. And uh, looking forward to what God is going to do for us in the house of the Lord today. And uh, all of God's blessings. We're thankful for all of God's mercy and His grace protecting us, giving us a safe trip and uh, bringing us home safe, giving us a good time. And uh, let us enjoy ourselves, but thankful that we're able to come home and be safe. Thank God for that. We want to remember those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord today. Let's pray for them. Ask God to give them a miracle from heaven. Let's pray for Sister Cooper. Ask the Lord to touch her. Let's pray for Brother Dale. Ask the Lord to give him a miracle from heaven. Sister Tot needs a miracle from heaven. Let's pray for Brother Harvey. Ask the Lord to touch him and uh, everyone else that may be home sick today. Ask the Lord to give them a miracle from heaven and touch their bodies today. Amen. I want to um, I want to remind you that are listening on the broadcast today that there is a way that you can text to give, and that number is eight five 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 seven five three two four. Eight five 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 seven five three two four, and uh, you can text to send in your offering, whatever you would like to do. You can mail it in, and uh, we pray that. I don't know. I don't know if ever, anything will ever be as we call normal again. I pray that that it will be. I pray that this all ends very soon, but doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. And we pray for God's mercy. I was talking, uh, speaking with some friends of mine, pastor friends of mine in different states and uh, things that they are going through. And we ask God to help and strengthen them and touch them today. And uh, they're having to slip around and have church and hope that they don't get caught because they're getting fined. I think one church has already racked up 300 and something thousand dollars worth of fines for having service. And so I'm glad today that we're able to have church. Amen. I'm glad that we're able to have church. Amen. And um, I know it's a, it's a pandemic that is across the world. And I, I was reading last night. On the news, where uh, is it? Boris Johnson is shutting down their country again for the month of uh, November, and I pray that that does not happen here, and uh, pray that we can continue on. I don't know. I don't know uh, what is the answer. I, I personally don't feel like that is the answer, but I know the answer is God. 
And God will provide and God will make a way and God will heal and God will deliver and God will set free. Amen. And uh, so we pray that, that we just, all you can do is just trust in God. There's really no medical, uh, medical, uh, cures for it. So I've always felt that there would be a time that we just have to trust in God. And when we put our trust and our faith in God, God always makes a way. Amen. It, we might have to go through the Red Sea, but He'll make a way through the Red Sea. Amen. We want to welcome our guests that are here today. Glad to have uh, Brother Rick and his family's friends here all the way from California. Glad that they're in the house of the Lord with us today. And they're probably really glad to be in Texas today. <laughs> but, but glad that they're here. And uh, everyone else that's in the house of God, so glad that you're here in church with us today. I want to... Um, make an announcement that that anyone who is interested in teaching Sunday school and uh, if you would please uh, give me your name my wife your name and uh, let us know my and let us know if you're interested and if you're not interested uh, if you don't give me your name the ones that I'm thinking that should be interested I'm gonna come and collect your name myself so um, it's better to volunteer than to be um, pressured into doing a job. But I believe that there is no greater thing that we can do is when we come to God that we are giving back and we are uh, giving to the kingdom of God. So remember that. There's something I would like to do. I'm going to try this. Now, I know this is going to be a big step for some of you and uh, because it is, a, it is quite a change. But um, I want to do this for the rest of the year with all that is going on and to see how it works. And um, may be a permanent change, may not be a permanent change, but this is what we're going to do starting next Sunday. Next Sunday, prayer meeting here in the church will start at 10 o'clock, and then we will start service at 1030 that does not mean that you show up at 10.30. That means that you show up at 10 o'clock. For so all of you that come in late, it remains the same. Don't change anything. And so you'll be able to be here on time. And uh, But Sunday school class, everything uh, pre-Sunday school will start just like it always has. The men's meeting will be just like it always has. The only thing that will change instead of uh, starting service at 10 o'clock and then here, we will be starting prayer meetings. So remember that that will start next Sunday. And uh, if it works well, if it, uh, we might continue, but we're going to do it through uh, till the first of the year for sure. So remember that. How many enjoyed that extra hour? I didn't. I was here. Uh, this morning, I didn't see anybody come in early because they forgot to move their clock. But man, when we spring forward, there's a lot of people that forget to move that clock. <laughs> That's amazing the way that works, ain't it? But uh, anyway, thank God for uh, another hour, I guess, of our life. We got another hour, and then in the spring, they're going to take it away from us. It's kind of like it was when I was 
flying to um, to uh, uh, the Philippines. I lost a Sunday of my life that I'll never regain because we come back on a different day, and so I never got that Sunday back. And so when you cross uh, the uh, date line, it's um, you lose a day. But I, I never got that Sunday. I got an extra Monday, but I didn't get a Sunday. And uh, so that's the way that works, I guess. I want to thank all of you for uh, selling turkeys as of right now. Please don't sell any more. And uh, we'll be starting to cook them later on this week. And uh, we will let you know when you can start picking those up. So remember that. And uh, due to uh, due to COVID, turkey prices have increased. And uh, so there's not a enough benefit in it to do all the work that it takes to get them. So we're going to blame it on COVID this year. So we're only cooking 500 this year, and uh, we've already got them and ready to go, and uh, we'll be doing that a little later on this week. So remember that. And uh, so remember, remember Sunday school teachers, people that's interested in teaching Sunday school, please let me know in the next two weeks, this Sunday and next Sunday. And uh, so we're going to we're going to have a great time. I'm looking forward to God doing great things for us. And I, I am thankful. I am thankful. I have thought, I was thinking this morning on this, and I, I have thought back over this year of how chaotic it has been and uh, how different it has been and the things that have happened this year. But, but the devil would like you to think about all the negative things that have happened this year. But I look out across here and I see a lot of positive things that God has done for us. And for, I, for that, I am extremely grateful today. Amen. That we've still been seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost. We've still been baptizing people in Jesus' name. Amen. God is still good. God is still on the throne. God's bigger than anything the devil has. Amen. Amen. I want to get into the Word of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse number 26. Mark chapter 10 and verse number 26. I want to try my best to give to you what the Lord... I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. I was reading my Bible while I was gone, and uh, one evening I had come in early, and uh, I was sitting in the cabin reading the Word of God, and the Scripture just kind of come to life to me a little different way than it has in the past, and I want to do my best to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. Mark chapter 10, verse number 26. The Bible says, And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Everybody say, Who can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible. Everybody say, Impossible. But with God... But not with God. But not with God. For with God, all things, everybody say all things, are possible. Amen. Let's put down our Bibles. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us today. God, we're depending on You. 
I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you would help me to deliver your word like you would have me to today. God, anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Speak to your people. Anoint your people today to hear, to receive, and to respond to your word. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Lift your voice and shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I praise you. I worship you. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Now, a lot of people say, well, did you get that in the Spirit? Did you get that when you was in the Spirit or high in the Holy Ghost? I got this at a very high altitude. I was about 9,200 feet when I got this message. And so I was very high. I'm not sure that I was high in the Holy Ghost or high in the Lord, but I was high as far as sea level is concerned. And uh, when you go from from sea level, what are we here, about 75 feet, something like that, above sea level, to uh, to uh, uh, about somewhere around 10,000 feet, there's a little bit of change that happens. The air gets a little thinner. The air gets a little crisper and uh, quite a bit colder. One day we did hit one degree. We never got down to zero. But it was one degree. It was quiet cold. And uh, one day the sun was shining and everything was lovely. And the next day we were in a blizzard. But anyway, so I got this at a very high altitude. And I got this while some people were out in the blizzard. I was not out in it. But I want to talk to you from this subject this morning. The impossible made possible. The impossible made possible. In the scripture that I took for our text this morning in Mark chapter 10, the setting is when the rich young ruler we are all very familiar with in Mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 22 comes to Jesus and he says, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What Good thing can I do? What necessary thing can I do to inherit eternal life? And so we know the story. Most of us are very familiar with the story of what has been called the rich young ruler. And uh, so, so here this man comes to Christ and he asks him, and Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he said, these things I have done from my youth up. Jesus mentioned a couple of those commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't kill. Different things. And the rich young ruler was feeling good about his past and his present and his future. And so he said, these things I have kept from my youth up. Now that's a testimony. That's a great testimony. If I ask all of us to stand today, there's not too many people that has that great of a testimony. Because a lot of the commandments that we have not kept from our youth up. But thank God for the blood. Amen. So we find that this young man comes to Jesus and, 
And Jesus tells him, there is one thing thou lackest. And he said, what is that? He said, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor. Now this caught this young man uh, very much off guard. He was surprised. He was shocked by what Jesus' words was. I don't know. I, I, I just sense to think. I just, I, I, I just think that this man might have come to the Lord with just a, a little bit of an attitude because he was so self-righteous. And we know the stories in the Bible that there was a lot of self-righteousness that was going on with the Pharisees. And so this young man, but Jesus always knew the words to say to hit you where it hurt the most. Now everybody looks at him and everybody, everybody tries to portray Jesus as a soft pushover, as always kind and always gentle and never wanted to hurt people's feelings and, and all of that. When you read the Bible, it was not like that at all. Jesus at sometimes could be, he could be quite the smart aleck, just to tell you the truth. And in a spiritual way, because he was dealing with one place, he even called them vipers. A generation of vipers. Not just that you, you are a viper, but your kinfolks are vipers. Now most people can talk about you, but they can't talk about your kids. I'd rather let somebody talk about me than I would one of my own. But so, so Jesus knew where, where it hurt the most because Jesus was not just looking on the outside, but he was looking far beyond the facade that, that they were placing before him at that time. And Jesus knew that this man was very rich. He did not come to the Lord saying, I am well taken care of. I am I am very rich. I, I have everything at my fingertips. But Jesus said, go sell that that thou hast. Because he knew that he had a love for something that was distracting him from being what God wanted him to be. And so at this, now, now all Jews were, were not poor. They were not all in poverty. There was a lot of people that were in poverty, but they were not all in poverty. And so Jesus tells them about the difficulty that someone that is rich will have a problem making it to heaven. And so after Jesus is describing this, he describes it like this, that that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into heaven. Now, he did not say that a rich person could not be saved. That's the way a lot of people, a lot of people interpret that. But there was a different thing than just what we call the eye of a needle. Now, when we think of the eye of a needle, we think of a needle that you put thread through to sew something. That's what we think of. But there was a different eye of a needle. There was a gate that people could come through. That was a very difficult place to walk through. It's a very difficult place for a camel to get through. 
But they say that the camel, when he was trying to go through the eye of the needle, it was a short gate, was not very tall, and it had a curve to it to keep animals from going in and out. But a camel could get down on its knees and go through what they called at that time the eye of a needle. It was a gate. And so it was possible but very difficult. And so the disciples were disturbed at Jesus' words. And so in the, 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 the thinking and the process and what was going on with the disciples, they, they begin to mumble and, and talk among themselves thinking that Jesus maybe would not hear them, but Jesus heard or even knew the thoughts or the intents of the disciples, and when he heard them, he began to discuss these things with them. The disciples said, then the disciples wondered amongst themselves, who can be saved? Who can be saved? And so there was a question that was in their mind and in their spirit. If it is so difficult, we're looking at a man that from his youth up, I don't believe the man was was lying when he said, I haven't lied, I haven't stole anything, I haven't committed adultery, I've kept the commandments from my youth up. I don't think that he was lying. I think that he might have been just slightly self-righteous, but not lying when he said that. And the disciples heard the words of Jesus and they said, if this man that have done all of these things. Now, now remember that Jesus' disciples was a ragtag bunch. They didn't come from high society. There was one that was a little bit uppity. It was a tax collector. <laughs> so, so there, there was, most of them, they were ordinary common, common men. They were, Jesus went to a little village called Galilee, a little seashore called Galilee, and he starts picking these men that had problems. We know that Peter had a little history of popping off. I'm sure, has anybody ever been around a commercial fisherman? They're not too mealy-mouthed, they're not too quiet, they use harsh words, they use some words that we cannot repeat in church. They use all of these things. So it was a rough bunch of men that Jesus had picked. And so they're, they're asking amongst themselves, well, who then can be saved? If this man has a problem, Lord, where, if you look at it like this, and this is a little bit different than I've ever seen this scripture before, but they are asking, if this man can't do it, what about us? What about us? Where do we fit in the kingdom of God? How can we be saved? And then they start, start another discussion about we have forsaken all, God. Where do we stand? Where, where do we come in? Where do we fit in? But, but let's go back in the Old Testament there. There was what was called the Mosaical Law. Or just, just let's call it the Law. The law was very precise about what God expected. Not only did God expect, but God demanded that you fulfill 
the law to the T, the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T. The law was very specific on what you could wear. The Bible tells us that the priest had to wear linen breeches. You could not wear a mixed garment. You could not wear wool and linen mixed together. God was very precise. And, and uh, when you think that, that um, we're a little precise and, and a little bit strange on doctrine and what we abstain from and what we dedicate to, you need to go back and read the Mosaic Law. We really have it very, very easy. The Bible tells them what they could eat and what they could not eat. And the Bible tells them where they could go and where they could not go. The Bible tells them what they could have and what they could not have. The Bible tells them things that would make them clean. And it also tells them things that would make them unclean. For different sins and things that they had done, they had to offer a different sacrifice. This sacrifice would not be permissible for this sin. And that... That sin would not be taken care of with this sacrifice. You didn't, you didn't just start you a farm of sheep and you had the sacrifice that you needed for the rest of your life. You had to have sacrifices of a bullet. You had to have sacrifices of a ram. You had to have sacrifices of a lamb. You had to have sacrifices of a dove. It was very, very complicated. I have Read the Mosaical Law over and over and over again. I cannot keep up with all the do's and the do-nots that are in the law. It was very complicated. These men, these scribes and these Pharisees, they had studied the law from the very beginning to the very ending. They knew what the law said. They knew how to live by the law. They knew how to perform the works and the duty of the law and what the law commanded of them. It was very, very complex to say the least. Never, they were never, they were never allowed to experience the Holy of Holies, which was where the Ark of the Covenant was, which was where the glory of God was. It was hid behind a curtain. They never got to experience that. Only the priest was able to experience that and only one time a year. They were, they were unclean if they just, uh, happened to walk by and step on a place where a dead person had been buried. They were unclean. They were unable to go to the temple. They had to offer sacrifices. There were sacrifices of the scapegoat where the priest dipped his finger in the blood and placed it on the goat. And they turned it loose in the wilderness to wander away. And you'd hope that the goat didn't come back to the camp. Amen. There was all kinds of complicated different things. It was different for the Gentiles than it was for the Jews. Amen. If it was not for Calvary, not any of us that are sitting in this place today would be able to experience the power and the glory of God because it was not given to the Gentiles. Very complicated. Very complex. Salvation was 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 just not given out to everybody. It was not available 
to everyone. God had a chosen people. And so the disciples are asking the question, who then can be saved? When you look at the law, and when we look at the law, we wonder how in the world can somebody live by such a complicated and complex system. But you see, the devil, the devil works on our minds about our salvation. The devil tries to deceive us into believing that that we cannot get forgiveness for our past and the things that we have done, the mistakes that we have made, the sins that we have committed. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4 through 8, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He had loved us, even when we were dead in sin, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, not by the works of the flesh, not by the works of the law, not by the, the commandments of the law. God did not come as Christ into this world to destroy the law, but He came to fulfill the law. That all of us, through the blood of Jesus Christ, would have the opportunity to come into the house of the Lord and to lift up our hands and to worship and to glorify our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. By grace are you saved and have raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. By For by grace are you saved through faith, And that not of yourself, it is a gift from God. Don't ever forget that you can't live holy and righteous enough to be saved. It's still a gift from God. I believe, as I was saying this morning, that God has called us out from a world of sin to be Christians, to be holy, to be pure, to be righteous, but I want to tell you, you can wear your sleeves down to your, to your, to your wrist. You can wear your pants and your skirt down to your ankles. You can cut your hair to there's nothing left, men, and you can wear your hair long. But that is not what saves you. That is a result of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. What I got on does not save me. I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I live a holy life because I have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. Amen. The Bible even tells us in one place, That our righteousness is as filthy rags. Amen. But it is a necessity that is a result of our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
but we are still saved by grace because we have all sinned, amen, and come up short of what God has expected and what God has wanted us to be. But for the grace of God that I'm able to walk in the holiness and feel the presence and the glory of God Almighty. Amen. For grace are ye saved through faith. Now, this faith is something I want to talk about for a little bit this morning. That we are to have faith in what? The grace of God. And that's what so many times the devil tries his best. Can I say, not so many times, but all the time. The devil tries his best to cloud our mind and destroy our faith in the grace of God. How many's ever needed the grace of God? How many's ever used the grace of God? How many's ever failed? How many's ever come up short? How many's ever sinned? We are all born and shapen in iniquity. But for the grace of God, we are able to come into the holiness of holies and lift our hands and worship and praise and glorify our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget, don't ever forget that you are saved by grace. Don't ever forget that you are saved by grace. The disciples were wondering in their mind, then who can possibly be saved? And then this is what I want to preach about for the next few moments. Maybe it won't take me long to finish as it did to get started. But this is what he said. He said this, with man it is impossible. But with God it is made possible. Amen. With man, with the law, with what the law says, it is practically impossible. Amen. But with God, all things are possible. Can I say it like this? Amen. With your past, it is impossible. With my past, it is impossible. When I think about where I've been, when I think about what I have done, when I think about the mistakes that I've made, the sins that I have committed, Amen. The devil says you can't be saved. And I want to tell you today what God has come to tell you is that is to look the devil in the face and say what man has made impossible. God has turned around. Amen. God has turned around and made it possible to be saved. Amen. Amen. When I... When I think about how the devil will tell you and remind you of your past and the things that you have done. Amen. Some of you might have, have come to the Lord and fallen away from the Lord and come back to the Lord and the devil is reminding you of the things that you've done and about how you walked away from God. Amen. But I come to preach to you today when the devil says it's impossible, when the devil says that God will not forgive you, when the devil says that God will not restore you, I want to tell you today what the devil has 
has made impossible. God has turned around and made it possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. God is good at making the impossible possible. Amen. I think a one called the Apostle Paul is what we refer to him as. But before he was the Apostle Paul, he was a murdering, Christian chasing, amen, called Saul. And he murdered the Christians. He had, he had a letter in his hand going to a place to lock up the Christians. He was there at the stoning of Stephen and there he held the coats of the men that threw the rocks and gave them the ability to do it. Amen. To destroy the Christians. He was going to lock them up. He thought that he was doing the work of God, but he was coming against Jesus Christ and His church. There was a devil after His his conversion that warred against His mind and against His spirit and says, Paul, you've done too much. Amen. But I want to tell you today, that if God can turn around a man named Saul, God can turn your life around and God can wash you and God can cleanse you and God can forgive you and God can give you what you need from Him. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Here we have what we know as Paul's thorn in the flesh. Amen. The question has been asked over and over. It has been debated by scholars. It has been talked about in commentaries about what was Paul's thorn in the flesh. I've heard it said that Paul had a wife that was not willing to live for God. That I don't know. Because he once said that we, that everybody should remain as him. And I'm sure he wouldn't want every man to be separated from their wife and their family. I've heard some say that it was the fact that he had uh, poor eyesight and he was trying to write the scriptures uh, that we read today and, and, uh, it was a, a problem to him. Amen. But I've heard others say, and I, I don't know, but maybe it was the past that he had to live with, knowing that Paul, you are a great apostle. Paul, you have seen things in the Lord. You have talked to God. God has talked to you. But there is a thing called the past. Maybe it was haunting him. Maybe it was chasing him. Maybe it was trying to destroy him. And I know I'm talking to people in this house today that you have what we call a past. And the devil is trying to destroy you with your past. The devil's trying to destroy your future with what happened yesterday or what happened last year or what happened ten years ago or what happened thirty years ago. That your past is haunting you and you say, who then can be saved? I come to tell you today that with man it seems impossible. Amen. But with God, with God, with God, with God, 
Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7, tells us that the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth in his second epistle to them, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger, listen to what he says, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted. Amen. I want to tell you there is a message, messenger sent from Satan to buffet us when we start to lift our hands. Amen. Condemnation comes over us. Remember yesterday. Remember last week. Remember last month. That's a messenger from Satan that the devil has sent to buffet you, to destroy you, to overtake you, about reminding you of yesterday. But I come to tell you today that it's time to start reminding the devil that was yesterday. I've already been to the altar. I've already been baptized. I've already been converted. The devil will say, Paul, Paul, remember, you were not always Paul. Amen. But there was a time in your life that you were called Saul. But this thing I brought before the Lord Christ, that he might, that it might depart from me. Amen. I took it to the Lord. I took it to the altar. How many has ever took your past to the altar? How many's ever took yesterday to the altar? And you say, God, this is what happened. This is the way it all played out. And God, I'm sorry. The Apostle Paul said, I took this thorn in the flesh. I took it to the altar not once, not twice, but three times. I took this messenger of Satan three times to the altar. And this is what the Lord said unto me. And He said unto me, My grace... My grace, everybody say my grace, my grace is sufficient, amen, what the devil says you can't get past, what the devil says you can't get over, what the devil says you can't get the victory from, I come to tell you today, my grace, my grace, my grace, my grace, God's grace is sufficient. Hallelujah, 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 my grace, Paul. My grace is sufficient when you are still saw. Amen. My grace covers when you were standing there at the stoning of Stephen. How do you think that he felt when he was trying to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? And in his memory, he can remember holding the coat of those who are stoning the man of God. Amen. This is what God said. It's already been placed under the blood. It's already been forgiven. It's already been washed away. My grace. Amen. What the devil says is impossible. With God, with God, with God, it's possible. 
happen. God can make it happen. When the devil says you can't get back, God says, oh, yes, my grace, my grace, my grace, my grace, my grace is still sufficient. God's good at making the impossible possible. The devil's good at telling you you've gone too far. The devil's good at telling you you'll never get back. The devil's good at condemning backsliders, trying to destroy them to hell. Amen. The devil's good at trying to convince people there's no hope in salvation. That there's no forgiveness in the house of God. The devil say that God won't forgive you. Brother so-and-so won't forget it. And sister so-and-so is going to talk about it. Amen. But I come to tell you, when the devil says it can't be done, when the devil says there is no way, when the devil says there is no forgiveness, God can turn it around. And God can make the impossible possible in your life. There's no past that's too great. There's no sin that's too big. Amen. There's no sin that's too great that the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm not saved by who I am. I'm saved by who He is. I'm not saved by what I am. I'm saved by Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget. Amen. It's a mercy. It's a grace of God. It's a grace of God. Go ahead and lift your hands. Go ahead and dance your dance. Go ahead and leap for joy. Go ahead and worship God. You've got a right to praise. You've got a right to worship. You've got a right to glorify God. Devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. Yes, I can shout. Yes, I can dance. Yes, I can praise God. Why? It's because His grace, His grace, His grace, His grace, His grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. 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 His grace. His grace. His grace. His grace. Somebody shout His grace. His grace is sufficient. Oh, His grace is sufficient. His grace. Is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Can you imagine the devil coming to the great apostle Paul and saying, Paul, 
I just come by to stop to tell you and remind you of yesterday. Remember what it looked like when you seen Story Stephen looking up into the heavens, amen, and seeing the glory and the presence of God and saying, Father, don't lay this to their charge. Remember what his voice sounded like and Paul would get condemned and Paul would feel bad and then he would remember Paul when you're weak Paul when you're under stress Paul when you're feeling of condemnation my grace it's not by your works but it's by my grace it's by my grace I forgive you I forgive you I forgive you. You know what Jesus was saying to Paul? He said, Paul, when I say my grace is sufficient, what I'm really saying is, Paul, I forgive you. It's covered by the blood. It's washed away. When I look at you, Paul, I don't see Stephen's face. When I look at you, Paul, I don't see the Christians that you locked up. When I look at you, Paul, I don't see yesterday. When I look at you, I don't see you locked in jail. When I look at you, I don't see you sitting on a bar stool. When I look at you, I don't see you running around. When I look at you, I don't see you doing drugs. I've been watched. I've been washed. Yes, I can shout. Yes, I can lift my hands. Yes, I can worship. Not because my righteousness. Oh, because God has made the impossible possible. Brother Stephen. Has the devil reminded you of your past? Somebody else, has the devil reminded you of your past? What about it? What about it? Has the devil ever come back and said, remember? Remember when? Brother Kurt, the devil's a bald-faced, blue-gun, ugly liar. Yesterday's gone. Last week's gone. Hallelujah. The devil told you you can't have your shout back. You remember the way you used to shout? The devil's a liar. You can't shout. You have a reason to shout. You have a reason to praise God. God's brought you back. God's brought you back. God loves you. God forgives you. God washes you. God cleanses you. Woo! Somebody shout to God with the voice of triumph today. Shout like you've been washed. Shout like you've been forgiven. Shout like your sins have been washed away.
Somebody ought to just shout to show the devil you're a liar, devil. You're a liar, devil. You're a liar. What you said is impossible. God, 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 God has made possible. Somebody ought to give God praise. Somebody that the devil's been talking to. You ought to give God praise. Somebody that's allowed the devil to steal your joy. You ought to give God praise right now. Somebody that's allowed the devil to steal your dance. You ought to dance your dance right now. Somebody that's allowed the devil to steal your clap. You ought to clap your hands right now. Somebody that's allowed the devil to steal your song. You ought to sing your song of praise right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost work right now. Holy Ghost work right now. Holy Ghost work right now. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God.
Hallelujah. Let's give God praise today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Remember, church, tonight, let's come praying, expecting and believing the Lord for a great move of the Holy Ghost. Choir practice at 515. Prayer at 630. Church at 7. And bring someone to the house of God with you. Let's have a great time in the Lord tonight. Don't forget, after service tonight, there will be fellowship and food over in the gym tonight. To all of our guests that are here, glad that each and every one of you are here. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand clap. Glad that you're in the house of the Lord. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.